0: Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number one forty six for March twenty fourth, Monday, two thousand eight. <laughs> hey, folks, and welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab. I'm Dave Hamilton. I am here uh, online with John Braun, of course, and uh, Pilot Pete sitting by ready to uh, grab the reins if John and I fall asleep or fall out of our chairs what? or whatever. Yeah, I right don't know. Far. Whatever. Whatever. So I'm happens. back. We're all back. I'm I'm in my uh, studio because I was in Austin, the Austin office last time. And what a fiasco it was. Not, not the podcast, but dealing with the... Uh, those of you that followed on Twitter, dealing with the whole lease renegotiation was... Uh, Really a fun process, and we'll leave it at that. Uh, the uh, but it's all good, and we're we're still there, and that's that's makes everybody happy. Uh, of course, John, you're back from France, and yes, ah, uh, oh, very nice. I have some uh, <laughs> some stories and some troubleshooting tips, and,
1: and some mini travel tips. If we have a little time,
0: oh, we're gonna make time for that. That's that's always you know we love excellent. that stuff here. Yeah, of course, man. Yeah. So when I was down in Austin, I was at uh, South by Southwest and we talked a little bit about this. Of course, I had only been to about uh, five hours of it before we did the last show. Um, And so I was down there for the interactive part. And then I spent some time at the Backbeat offices. And then at the end of the week, I uh, had some some time to, to go to the music festival as well. I wrote a lot of coverage about the music festival that appeared on iPodobserver.com. So I'm going to kind of leave that for, for there if, uh, and we'll put some links in the show notes to it. But uh, in short, I will say that if you are a music fan at all, if you enjoy live music, man, go to the South by Southwest music. It's fantastic. And I know I I printed or I I wrote an article about uh, the best ways to experience the, the, the music festival. I will restate my, my primary, uh, number one piece of advice, if you're going to go, don't try and get a wristband. Get the badge uh, that gets you into all the venues ahead of all the wristband people and totally makes the, the, the trip worthwhile. So, yeah, definitely a, a, an awesome experience, and uh, I can't wait to go back. So uh, I'll leave that at that. Now, the interactive thing, this was a, a couple of days, a, a trade show like like any other. There's an exhibit hall, and then there's conference sessions. Everybody there is you're basically steeped in the whole Web 2.0 social media world, uh, cutting edge web apps, people talking about uh, blogging and podcasting and uh, tracking. And, you know, how do we define this new market? Is it a new market? Is it all the same, et cetera, et cetera. Excellent sessions. Um, You probably saw my article on iPod Observer about how Twitter really made a difference at the show. Um, Really fantastic resource to have at trade shows being able to sit in a session and think boy this is kind of boring and and twitter i'm in this boring session and have you know five people twitter you back and say well i'm in room so and so with this session and it's going great or i'm in this room and this one sucks too and it, you just leave a session after five minutes no it's really good being able to kind of interact in real time uh and i know twitter kind of got its legs last year at south by southwest interactive and then this year it really made a difference to the point where the uh the keynote where where uh uh, the founder of Facebook was interviewed. The The crowd took over the session and, uh, and actually interviewed the guy yeah. after the big groundswell, which you probably read about. Now
1: he said. didn't like get bored with a Twitter message and like, you know, leave, leave the stage. That would you know, have been funny, better. wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, I've concluded we're going to have to call this generation now, generation ADD. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Gen X, yeah. Gen Y, this is generation ADD. Can you people pay attention to anything for more than a few minutes? I, Hello? Okay.
0: <laughs> what? Go Why ahead. are we here again? No. Uh, so, but I did see a couple of cool things in, in addition to the sessions. Uh, and so I, you know, the, it, it, South by Southwest Interactive was exactly the right amount of time. If it was two more days longer, it would have been too much. You know me. I, yes, I, I know uh, we've been podcasting since fairly early on. And of course, I've been doing the web thing for 10 years with, with TMO and, and BackBeat and all that stuff. Uh, but, I do get very jaded about this social media tool du jour and y- you know all of that stuff. Uh, I-, I know I probably shouldn't say that, but it's true uh, i it-, it I just find that you know there's always something new coming out so that said the-, the South by Southwest interactive, I didn't feel jaded at all while I was there. If it had been a couple days longer, I probably would have, but it was just the right length to really kind of get steeped in it, see everybody. Uh, get some valuable information, participate in some, some really uh, intense conversations and, and it, a fantastic trip. Anybody interested in, in this kind of market, it, uh, if it's, if it's your business, definitely consider going to South by Southwest interactive next year. Now, Mac specific stuff. I saw a couple of things that one of, them's one of them is not Mac specific. One of them, is. Um, at the uh, exhibit hall. Now one is called myvidoop.com. Now I know you're a, a security guy, John, so you'll appreciate this. What they've done is they've taken the whole concept of logging into different websites and built an engine so that you don't have to remember passwords. Uh, you remember images or really concepts. And for example, you might say, okay, I, in order to log in and authenticate myself to this system, I want to remember three concepts and I want it to be currency, food and transportation. Right. And in that order. And so you'll you'll see a grid of like 12 pictures and one of them might be uh, a quarter. One of them might be a peanut butter sandwich and one might be a train or the next time it might be a peso or a dollar bill and an apple and, uh, you know, a Ford Focus or, or whatever. And, and so you click them in that order and boom, you're logged in very obviously great for security because you're not doing the same thing every time. Uh, easy to remember. And, 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 ver- and to me, a very cool concept. They, they're open ID compliant and they've got plug They don't have a plugin for Safari yet, but they're working on it. Um, mm-hmm. But they do have one for Firefox, of course. And uh, and then IE if you're if you're relegated to using. That platform, hmm. but yeah, cool. I like that
1: because it encompasses. Um, so first off, you know, I'm, I'm more a security enthusiast. I've I've done some there development, but but in general, I think most good solutions are considered to do three things, and and they use identity in a number of ways. One is, or, or a way to authenticate yourself is. Um, what you have, what you know, and what you are. What you have is like a token, like a thing you carry around with you, like an ID badge or something. What you know, or actually I'll say what you are, is biometrics, like your voice or or, uh, iris scan or or things like that. And then what you know is typically a password, but where I like systems like this, and I've seen systems similar, is that it's not just what you know, which is like a password, but what you know but layered on top of it is intelligence. The, The idea is that if you're looking at pictures, a computer probably can't do a great job of guessing, you know, the overlying concept. Like you said, money. I mean, it may eventually figure out, oh, these are all coins and they're round and they have things on them. Maybe it's a coin, but that's, you know, a whole level above remembering a password, which, you know, eventually a computer will probably figure it out. So right. so that concept, I think, is very cool because it gets it at such, such a level of abstraction that I don't think... Any computer, except maybe some somewhere that we don't know about, (laughs) Um, you know, as part of some, you know, conspiracy or something. Anyways, they're they're intelligent. But, yeah, to get a computer that's that smart to understand concepts, I think, yeah, it's going to weed out. Any sort of hacker or attempt like that, so that's yeah. very cool to see that at, at, at this type of show. Now, now, to, now, you said there was interactive music, and then I guess film were the three big parts of this South. Th- that's I- right.
0: Yeah, I, I, uh, okay. film started the weekend before I arrived, and for the most part, I didn't go to any film events. I actually did. I went to one. Uh, Bela Fleck, the the banjo player, um, did a, a, a documentary film where he went to Africa, which is where the banjo was was uh, mm. created. And played with all these these African musicians and uh, some of them like out in the middle of fields and stuff. And so I went and saw a preview of that movie uh, and as well as seeing baila play play um, at, uh, at one of the clubs down down in in, uh, in downtown Austin. But that was nice. Based- so what else? OK, so so, yeah, back to the interactive thing. I, I saw a, a service, I guess, um, called Blurb.com. And what blurb does and they've been around for a while. I don't know. You may all know about it. I I'd never. They've they've been at MacWorld. I've missed them. MacWorld Expo is always crazy for me, so it's not entirely surprising that I have. But they create uh, photo books. You take your photos. There's a there's a Mac app, uh, also a Windows app, uh, but a Mac app that you build this photo book in, similar to iPhoto. But the quality of the books is actually, um, uh, to me, it was a whole lot better. The, the way that they built these books. You can do soft cover or hard cover. 40 page minimum. Uh, it was 1295 for a 40 page soft cover book. I think 2295 for a 40 page hardcover book make turns it around in about seven to 10 business days. Uh, you can make one or you can make hundreds. And obviously pricing is uh, variable depending on how much you're doing. Really, really cool books. Um, very, very high quality. The, the samples of course that they had at, at the show were, were great and they, they really grok the Mac. So it was, it was cool to see. And, uh, and, like i said something of interest to me we do photo books here at the house quite a bit there's holiday gifts and that sort of thing so i'm surprised i would not have it would not have caught my eye at mackerel but it certainly caught my eye here and uh and i wanted to mention it to uh to all of you folks so that 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 was south by southwest interactive and like i said i'll put up links to my music coverage because it just i that's a whole another podcast i could go on for hours <laughs> You have anything uh, anything to add there, John, before we before we move on? Nope, just that little uh, security uh, tangent
1: there, which I thought was very
0: cool. Yeah, very cool. Uh, Okay, so uh, our first sponsor for this show is Audible. Now, we've uh, talked a lot about different ways to use Audible next week and next week only. In fact, only for one day from 11 a.m. Eastern Time. I believe it's Eastern Time on March 27th which is uh, what is March 27th? That's going to have that's this week. Actually, that's Thursday uh, to 11 a.m. on March 28th. So for a 24 hour period, they're running a promotion called the big listen. Now, this is available at audible.com slash big listen. And what it is, is it's a promotion essentially to get all of you that haven't yet tried audible to try audible. And how are they doing this? They're going to let you download your book for free without having to provide a credit card. So you you can download they they've got a whole bunch of different books. They've got uh, stuff from people like Seth Godin, Stephen Covey. Uh, you know, the Seven Habits Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, the Pack by uh, Jody Picoult. Classics are out there, and you know, I, I've heard a lot of people say that they like listening to classics on Audible. In fact, I think Pete, you would you would turn me on to that because uh, you know a lot of them are written in ways that may not be conducive to our ADD infused uh, world. But you can listen to it and it's great. So, you know, you want to listen to the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn or Robinson Crusoe or Little Women or any of that stuff. Audible.com dot slash big listen. It happens on Thursday, one day only. But uh, you can download the stuff and then and then, of course, listen to it beyond that. So that's uh, that's audible. And uh, all right. So now it's time to talk about some questions. Are you ready to do that, John?
1: I'm ready though. Though I'll make one note here: is Audible. Yeah. When I went to France here. You may want to make note that Audible has several titles. I actually actually uh, picked up a uh, Berlitz title um, to teach you French because if you're on the plane, especially for six seven hours, um, if you got nothing better to do, why don't you try to learn the language of the uh, country you're going to? So uh, just a thumbs up to Audible. They have a huge you know bunch of uh, probably any foreign language you can think of. I, I just did a quick quick search and came up with many matches. So. Very cool. Wow.
0: That's awesome. God, yeah. They, it's cool what they're doing there. I know they've been doing this for a long time, right? They, they had an MP3 player, or not an MP3, a, per, a portable audio player before the iPod was even a, a, a glimmer, if you will. But uh, yeah, they, they, they're, they're, they're doing cool stuff over there. We're very happy to have them as a sponsor for the show. Uh, okay, so let's move on Don. to Don.
2: Hey John and Dave, uh, great show. This is Don from Ohio, uh, listening to your March 3rd episode and just got a quick question to you. Uh, I'm mean, thinking about doing exactly what you guys did and picking up one of the new MacBook Pros um, and switching out the RAM for the four gigs you know, from otherworld computing. Here's my question, you guys were talking later in that show about AppleCare. Do you know? I've heard mixed results about this. If you swap out the RAM and then send your RAM back to Otherworld Computing for the for the discount that originally came with the machine, and you have a problem with that machine uh, under Apple care, will Apple give you more trouble now that you don't have the original RAM in there? Or should you alternative is keep the original RAM for the you know the 20 bucks that you would get back, and if you have a problem, swap that back in before you take it in Apple. Uh, anyway, just a question about uh, whether or not you void your Apple Care uh, by swapping out the RAM like you. Like to talk about. Thanks. Look forward to hearing your answer. Bye.
0: Uh, okay, so I, I'll say first, you do not void Apple Care or any warranty on your machine simply by swapping out the RAM. Now, if you swap out the RAM and gouge the insides with a screwdriver and then wash it out with hot soapy water at the same time, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's going to go ahead and void the warranty. But or you do the uh, the jitterbug in your carpeted, you know, low
1: humidity room, and then you if, you zap the computer so right yeah be careful when you're ever touching especially you know they call it esd i guess electrostatic discharge when you're touching ram make sure you've grounded yourself to something other than your computer or the ram chip or you will blow up your ram chip Uh, some people like a wrist strap i don't know if you have one dave i have a couple around here which uh yeah that's the only caution i i'd say be very careful whenever you're replacing memory i've
0: Probably blown one chip, but I don't know about you, Dave. Uh, yeah, I blew a motherboard on a Mac 2 CI years ago when I worked at Citibank. Um, but that's, you know, that, that's in the past. It's okay. It's, uh, but yeah, they, 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 blow, they do blow pretty easy. Uh, they can. Although I've never blown um, never blown a, a chip or a motherboard swapping out RAM. I think this was doing something else. I don't know what I was doing. But, uh, so I've had You're so careful. I, yeah. You want to be careful, but you do not, but the process, the, the, the fact that you've got third party Ram in there and the obvious, uh, implication that you installed it yourself does not void the warranty in and of itself. That said, uh, so I've sent in the last two weeks, I've sent two notebooks to Apple care. One uh, was my old core duo MacBook pro that Lisa now has. And then the other was the PowerBook that Lisa used to have that I'm gonna uh, sell, mm-hmm. and uh, I sent them both in because when I roll one laptop to another, if it's been a couple of years, there's always something that's not quite right. Maybe the DVD drive's not working, or the keyboard's a little funky, or something. And uh, and so you know, I send it in and and have them kind of do a a, a tune up on it, if you will. And with the MacBook Pro that I had, there was some issues with it that may have been motherboard related. They did wind up uh, swapping out the motherboard for me. At that point, they asked me, do you have third party RAM? And I said, yes, I had one chip of Apple's RAM and one chip of third party RAM in the machine, one gig each. And the guy said, take out the third party chip, because if you have a third party chip in there and there's something that they're looking at motherboard specific, the third party RAM will be the first thing they blame. Uh, whether or not it's true, that's going to go. That's going to be the first thing. And it, it, you know, may, is is that right? I don't know. But but that's kind of the policy there. Um, you know, I think you were saying, John, it's almost like a cop out excuse, and I think it kind of is. But um, the, uh, you can't I blame to, them
1: unless you're getting brand X. You know, street corner Ram. That who the heck knows? I mean, it's if if you buy from a reputable. Mac vendor, and you recognize the name. Well, sometimes you may not. <laughs> like actually, the chips I pulled out of the MacBook Pro, I didn't recognize the vendor. I mean, they're, you know, but but Apple chose them, so I I kind of trust that. But right. um, one thing I would suggest is you do look in. Uh, I mean, it's a general, it's a it's a good debugging tool because you you may have RAM that is is kind of wonky, and mm-hmm. what I would do is, you know, go to About This Mac, System Info, or More Info, which brings up the System Profile, or go to the Memory category and look at the RAM and the machine, and you will see a number of stats, and I think some of the more important ones are the type of RAM and the speed of the RAM. If, if they match, uh, just for your own troubleshooting tip, if they match what the machine should have, which you can find in the spec database, then I, I would say it's not the RAM. But a- Apple's right. playing it safe, you know, and they can stand behind their RAM because you bought it from them. It's always possible, though I think personally highly unlikely that third-party RAM is, is going to
0: cause a problem. But they're, they're, they're starting from a clean slate... just to make sure that's not the problem. Yeah. So, yeah, with the PowerBook, I I didn't have, there was no question of the motherboard. The motherboard was in great shape, uh, no issues with it. So it it wasn't even a concern. I sent it in with two chips, a third, it had no Apple RAM in it. They didn't have any problem with that. It came back with the third-party RAM, safe and sound. Uh, They swapped out a couple of things, new keyboard, new trackpad, new DVD drive. uh, But otherwise, you know, the, the machine was fine. They didn't, they covered the repair Everything was good to go. So with, with my new machine, you know, I, I basically at the same time got the new Core 2 Duo iMac, uh, which I'm using here in the studio, and then the new Core 2 Duo, uh, the Penryn MacBook Pro that you and I got, John. And so I got three Apple chips with that, one in the iMac and two in the MacBook Pro. Um, I was going to send the other two back to Otherworld and get the 20 bucks, but actually I I sent it to my brother, and, and he's very happy to have the uh, the extra RAM in his machine. So I saved the one chip from the iMac and figured, you know, let me tuck this in a drawer. If ever I have a problem with either machine and need to send them into Apple for repair, I have a, a chip that I know came from Apple. I can put in the machine to test with and make everybody happy. Do I absolutely need to have that? No, but I know it's a hedge bet. It, you know, it's 10 bucks uh, to not return it to other world. And to me, that, that 10 bucks is worth it. Because I know that Murphy's law, you know, Murphy's on my speed dial. If, if something's going to screw up like that, it, it's going to hit me. So I've got it in the drawer that way. I'll never need it and I'll forget about it. And then in like five years, I'll just throw it away. <laughs> you know. So. All right. Are we uh, are we ready to move on here, John? I think we're done with that. Go to Sam. OK, Sam writes in and says, hey, John and Dave, is there any way to arrange menu bar symbols like clock, Bluetooth, etc.? I'd like to change the clock's position. And in fact, there is. In fact, it was really funny because early this morning I was talking to Pilot Pete actually about this. He needed to remove some things from his menu bar and couldn't figure out how. And, uh, and from what I found, John, the command key is your friend. You, grab the, uh, you hold down the command key and you grab the, the menu bar icon. You can move things around. Or if you drag it out of the menu bar and release the mouse, it just goes away. Um, and that, that's been my experience. But I think you've had. Uh, for you've, the most for part. So what you're saying is
1: absolutely correct if you're using things that are either Apple-provided in the menu bar okay. or adhere to, and then, then you, you led me down this path. here, opening up a, a plist file. Um, they have to be in the list of, of files that are either, and, and, and I forgot this third-party thing that, that you had me, found, but I guess menu uses that.
0: Menu cracker, it. Me, menu cracker um, is the, uh, the third-party yes. thing that, or the thing that allows third-party stuff to, to live in the menu bar. Right. But I have a
1: few things. So for example, I have temperature monitor. It has, you know, an option where you can put the temperature of your whatever sensor in the menu bar. Um, I have uh, another one, the uh, uh, weather bug light. That one also doesn't move. But then you led me to look and try to figure this out, Dave. And the thing is, they are not in the list in in the P list file. So they're using, I guess, a, a roundabout way of putting things in the menu bar that does not lend itself to the system service offered when you hold on the command key right so
0: yeah it's system ui server is the application that manages the menu bar so if you're having problems if you see like if you look in activity monitor i have this i had this problem a while back if you look in activity monitor and see that system ui server is like using a lot of cpu or bloating up in ram uh chances are it's some menu item and not necessarily a third party one and tiger I had an issue with the iSync, um, or the the dot max sync menu icon causing all- all kinds of problems and and there's that p list in your preferences folder home library preferences com dot apple dot system ui server dot p list that lists all of those things so
1: yeah yep and of course, if you drag on them instead of moving them, you can drag them off and you will see a little puff of smoke and if you let go of the mouse button, then the puff of a smoke will make a little sound and go poof, and it's gone. That's it. Yeah. You can access that through the prep pane, um, you know, or system preferences, but uh, it's kind of a nice effect.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ryan wrote in. And says, in episode 144, you touched briefly on the additional VRAM that's available in the higher end edition of the MacBook Pro 15 inch. It got me to thinking as to what exactly that extra video memory would get you. It'd be really useful if you guys could take a few minutes and explain the role of video memory and also level two cache and what what, what cases having more of these types of memory would benefit you. I think these measures are often overlooked when it comes to deciding which laptop to buy and instead people simply look at CPU speed and amount of system memory. Okay, so this will get a little, uh, we might peg the geek meter here, but uh, it's been a little while since we've done that. It's, hey, we didn't do a show last week, so. Uh, so, okay, VRAM. VRAM, in, and I might get this wrong, John, and if I do, please tell me, or or perhaps if we both get it wrong, maybe one of you will write in, uh, and or call in, phone it in, if you will. Uh, VRAM is good for two things. One is It holds the image that displays on the screen when uh, when when you've got, you know, all the all the stuff you have on the screen. So the more VRAM you have, the greater resolution your computer can support. That's one piece of the of the puzzle there. And it also allows you to support multiple monitors and uh, and all of that. So that, that's one thing. But I don't think that the MacBook Pro, even with its internal screen and the max that it can do external, which I think is the 30-inch Apple display, I don't think that would use more than 128 megs, maybe 256 megs of VRAM. Uh, and maybe it's 256. I, mean, I think it might be above 128. But the additional VRAM, if you're playing games, textures and graphics are often loaded into, the, into VRAM. And if the game can load all of that stuff into VRAM, then the GPU, the graphics processor, has access to it immediately and can use it and make the make things a whole lot faster also operating system uh, stuff and I think john you 've got some details on this uh, can also use it is that is that right
1: yeah, so they have something called quartz, which is the graphics engine in um, in the mac os, and what they started doing and I think it actually started in Tiger maybe before, but um, The thing is, when you're doing graphics, you really don't want the CPU and the general memory to be used for graphics. You can certainly use them, but you really want to use the graphics processing chip, which these days is probably either ATI or uh, NVIDIA, and they have special memory. Now, we'll cross over a little bit into this Level 2 thing, but in general, any of these special memories, whether they be VRAM or Level 2 cache or whatever, are faster than the memory in your computer. And and are specialized to do certain things. So in the case of VRAM, and I've seen this, and continue to see it. I mean, some people that are really extreme gamers. You're not going to use the built-in graphics. You're going to buy your own graphics board, and they offer even more video memory than than you can get. You know, in a lot of the the, the built-in chipsets. But the goal is, is that yeah, the, the, as you said, Dave. Now I'm not a graphic programmer and stuff, but I would say for the most part, I agree with you. Is that yeah, that you store textures, shapes and any graphic processing is, is performed by the card, if you have enough or more, all the better for, for gaming and stuff like that. And again, right. some games have a minimum VRAM requirement. If you don't have it, they just won't bother because it would just be too painfully slow to, to run it at a, a usable or enjoyable speed. Right,
0: right. That's right. Okay, so that that's VRAM, and there may be more to it. And if there is, please chime in, because this is this is stuff that matters. It, it, as, as Ryan points out, knowing this and why you want it you know honestly when i pulled the trigger on it i thought well you know i'm getting it at a a slight discount because of the the developer uh discount that i had i might as well just throw it in and do it but yeah i you know even even i didn't really have a a full grasp of of why i was doing it i just knew that you know i think it was more better faster i'm thinking to be the top dog yeah i know I thought I would be the top more. dog. I thought, I thought I, you know, I, I thought, oh, there's no way John's going to go for the extra gusto on this one. I'll, I'll definitely have a faster machine than him now. And sure enough, you emailed me and told me you got the same thing.
1: Okay. and that lends itself to the, uh, the, it the, the cash level
0: issue. Yeah. Okay. So in my years of consulting, I had to come up with uh very, very uh, straightforward ways of explaining things that are, are infinitely complex. So, my way of explaining level two cache is this, uh, and I know it's oversimplified, and John, I hope you'll, you'll expand on this for me. You have uh, programs send instructions to the processor, and the processor processes these instructions, crunches whatever it needs to crunch, and comes up with a result. And it does this thousands of times per second, as we all have come to know and love. What the cache does is it caches the instructions and the result so that the next time that same instruction comes through, it looks and says, ah, okay, you know what, I've already done this, I still have it in my cache, and I can go ahead and just give you the result without having to, uh, to run it through the processor. So going from no cache to even a little bit of cache... Is huge, especially with things that are doing re- repetitive instructions. So that—that's my—that's my simple explanation. Obviously, the more cash you have, the more stuff it can keep in. And uh, I think it's last in, first out, right, John? If the, if I'm right, uh,
1: okay. All right. I think it gets a bit more complex okay. than that. Um,
0: all right. Is that so the general? Little, is that the right gist? At least to build for for you to build upon here. Yes.
1: Okay. Yeah. So so the gist. So so as we said before the caches so on a lot of processors you'll have level one and level two cache level one is typically on the chip itself and as the the level of the cache increases it gets slower but it's always faster than the ram or should be faster than the ram in your machine and the goal is as dave pointed out if something's been done already why do it again if it's stored in the cache which is a super fast memory um to deviate a little bit, you do have different types of cache, um, at least with the Intel and and most other processors. You have a data cache and an instruction cache. So what you were talking about, Dave, was more the instruction cache. Okay. Where if I perform an operation and get a result, um, this may cross over a bit into data. um, If somebody asks me to do that calculation again, well, duh, it's in the instruction cache. I'll grab it from there. I'll do it faster. Same thing with um, data. If I've accessed data... And I have to access it again, and it's in the cache. I'm going to get it way faster if I go to the cache. And I realize that now. In, in this st- is no, wait where-
0: that that's instead of going and getting it from regular RAM. Is that- yes, yes. Okay.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, now okay. the the way you do that that's where it gets into a whole world. I mean, you could do something very simple. Yeah. I mean, it gets into these predictive algorithms, and, and there's just a whole bunch of really crazy smart or both people <laughs> who are into this sort of thing of how do I effectively lay out what's in the cache and find it quickly and do it quicker than if I had to grab it from RAM or, or repeat the operation. And I, I just won't even go into that level. But so for example, the chips in our computers, Dave, uh, our uh, Penryn machines, they have a level one cache on the chip of 32 kilobytes instruction and data, I believe. And then I, I think we, we both found level two cache is six megabytes shared among the cores. Okay. Um, you know, as you said, the more the better, assuming that the algorithm you have, and this is where it gets kind of tricky, the algorithm you have can root through the cache at a quicker pace than just doing it in memory. So you can imagine the challenge, because if your algorithm stinks for finding stuff that you've already done, then you can actually slow things down. And, and this is just you know, a whole subculture of people that are you know, trying to figure this out for us. Of course, you and I just see it as our computer runs faster and doesn't swap and, and things like that. Um, Got it. So okay. I think we answered it to, to a certain degree. If, if you do something, and actually I found, um, yeah, the, the, the program that I found, uh, uh, oh gosh, temperature monitor actually has a feature where you can dig into the caches and other portions of the processor, and it can tell you a lot about what's going on inside of it. Like I, I learned the uh, the size and the individual caches. And let me look at those individual data and instruction caches um, uh, on the chip.
0: Ah, Okay. So, okay, let's back off here and get back to <laughs> Wow, no, that was good, man. I I this is good stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh y- you know what? We're gonna keep the geek meter's just gonna stay pegged here. We're gonna we're gonna answer Bill's question here. I think. We're gonna try to answer Bill's question.
2: Hey Dave and John, this is Bill from Tokyo. In episode one forty-four, you really pegged the geek meter while discussing eye disk syncing. You mentioned how the eye disk was kept locally as a sparse disk image. Yet the OS sliced up the disk image file, so only small portions needed to be updated during a sync operation. Sounds like a very elegant solution by Apple. So with my question, I'd like to push the Geek Meter to 11 a little bit. I'm curious if you or one of your listeners knows enough about encrypted disk images to see if a similar thing is happening with them. Specifically, I'm worried about how they interact with Time Machine. My concern centers around the fact that if the encryption is done properly, then any change to the plaintext data, no matter how small, means the entire encryption result, the ciphertext, would be completely different. I've been imagining that a one-bit change to a file in the disk image would result in the entire encrypted disk image file appearing to be different and thus needing a complete backup. This hurts me bad enough, but it's got to seriously hurt anyone using Time Machine with File Vault turned on. But maybe Apple is able to use slices on the encrypted disk image too. If so, only the slice where the plaintext changes would result in a slice with the changed And Then Time Machine, however, would have to know how to back up files that only partially changed. But that's exactly what iDisk would have to know during the sync, since it can't compare the files to see which slices have changed.
0: All right, and we're getting that choppy thing again. That Sometimes we get when we're playing iTunes comments, and I don't know why, but we've got Bill's general gist of the comment there, right, John? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I came into this, especially into our, our show prep, with, I, I was certain that that Bill's assumption that sparse images, uh, when encrypted, would, would have to all be backed up every time you changed one thing. I mean, that made perfect sense. John, I think you found the magic uh, difference here where Apple actually did get really smart on us. I
1: did. No, I did. And actually, I can't take all the credit. I have to credit um, our own Jeff Gamut who wrote a little uh, TMO quick tip talking about this. And and one of our our beloved listeners or or readers on the uh, on the site um, actually pointed out that there is something, uh, though I think he got the name a little off. But there is something called a sparse. Oh, gosh. Sparse bundle disk image. Right. This is something that is not by default available in disk utility, but if you create an image, it will be one of the options that you can use for the, uh, I believe it's the image format. So sparse bundle disk image. And as far as I can see, that disk format, though being sparse, is smart enough. Uh, Though in general, I would say, yeah, if you change, I mean, the nature of an encrypted or hashed or otherwise, you know, a, a file that's, yeah, either encrypted or hashed, you change one bit, if you use the same key for the entire image or, or space you're trying to encrypt, everything's going to change. That's how encryption and, and hashing and stuff works. But it sounds to me that this this special bundle, sparse bundle disk image is smart enough where if you only change a subset of the data, it, it breaks it up, I guess, into these things we're going to call slices where it won't do the whole thing. So I have not tried this. I'm trusting our reader in what he says but reading over the description of this which and he said this apple is not very forthcoming in information about this um it sounds to me that this would um and why don't we try it, dave we'll uh, you know create some sparse bundle disk images and see see what they do didn't have time before you know the show to do that but um i think apple may have come up with a way or the unix you know underlying os to uh, to do that sort of thing
0: Yeah, of course, the question then becomes, how do you know what time machine is backing up? And uh, and there's there's no it doesn't keep a log of what files it has backed up. Uh, Now, there there's a way, I think, using the developer tools that I need to dig into. The inspector, I think, is one of the tools in the developer tools that you can use to track the backup D process and see what files it's copied over to that that uh, that time machine drive or, or disk image, depending on how you're doing it. So that that would we'll we'll have to crack that egg first in order to figure out this but yeah I agree John we need to uh we need to to figure that out yep and uh and I guess we'll report back unless unless one of you has the magic answer and can tell us mm-hmm. Um all right you know uh, where where are we on time here John yeah uh, yeah all right uh so we've got some questions that we'll uh we'll save for next week and mm. uh I, I so tell us John you, you 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 just came back from France so you you got this new MacBook Pro and uh-huh. uh, and then and then you instantly we, we were we were crazy. Right. I mean, we got machines and within a week had to migrate everything we needed to uh-huh. them and either leave the state in my case or in your case, the country mm-hmm. and rely on these machines to, uh, well, to be computers that that had reliable data and all that good stuff. So yep. t- tell us about France. I know there's some stuff relating to your computer and some stuff that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the computer. So the one the, the first thing, of course. If you're gonna bring a machine now, I always get an extra battery. That that may be kind of expensive, and and actually, Dave and I is a little mini tangent. I didn't find any MacBook Pro enhanced batteries. I found several for earlier versions of Mac. So I don't know if the vendors are just catching up or what. But um. So anyways, with the, with that, I don't I don't know if you're aware of any people that make MacBook Pro, uh, batteries that that do anything different for Apple. So I ordered an extra battery and then uh, went to Radio Shack, got the... uh, Well, no, I'm sorry. Went to Apple and got their global adapter kit. Now, their kit is very nice because one thing, and then we'll uh, maybe go back to you, Dave, but one thing is their adapter tip fits... uh, So here's the thing. In France, they have, I think it's 220 and, and maybe 60 or 50 hertz. I'm not sure. But they have a round receptacle recessed with round plugs. Now, the Apple tip to the apple adapter fits into these unfortunately other things do not if you go to radio shack and you buy their adapter the tips on it are not big enough now fortunately Uh i got a rental from verizon via vodafone i got a rental phone kit and that fortunately had the adapter that made the recessed wall plug a flush wall plug so you could use things like the uh radio shack adapter that you know about 15 bucks or something so Thank goodness I got the rental phone. I I had a few calls coming in and out and stuff like that. It's uh, not, you know, it's reasonable if you're not going to be calling and and yakking for for hours. Um, But yeah, so first thing, make sure you get all the right adapters and and plug things for the country you're going to, because I
0: if I had just brought what I
1: brought, I would have been in sad shape.
0: okay all right and uh pete you said go ahead and uh, tell us Uh, well uh, i frequently travel
2: international and i just i think i got mine at at target but any of the uh, dime store uh, target walmart uh, kmart uh for less than 10 bucks you can generally get a multinational uh kit that has four or five adapters in there that will allow you to plug in in asia and europe and australia and that sort of thing now that being said, and, and the computer converters are all very good about it, but make sure you read the numbers and don't plug a 110 only into the 240, <laughs> uh, unless you would like to watch your expensive electronic equipment uh, smoke and smolder. But uh, that's, that's what I do. I have a little kit. It, it was less than $10. Uh, it's got four pieces to it, and I can plug everything into it.
0: Cool. All right. Okay. That's that's actually really good to know. Uh, I want to talk about our second sponsor for the show, which is Rage Software. We've talked about Rage Software. They have a suite of uh, Mac software that help you figure out what you need to do to get your website listed higher in search engines, how it's being ranked. Uh, Their their Domainer software actually tracks all your domains, uh, can manage when you need to do your referrals. Figure out why your competitors have higher search engine rankings than you do. Uh, You can download the free demo of Rage Domainer and enter your website, and it'll pull down all the statistics, uh, search engine ranks, Technorati stats, all of that good stuff. Uh, Their SE rank software lets you see exactly where your website is uh, in over 50 different search engines. All of this is available at Rage software, RageSW.com. And uh, you can check it out. Like I said, they've got free demos from RageSW.com. John, uh, you, you have more about France. It wasn't all just adapters and uh, making sure not to let the magic oh, no. smoke out, right?
1: No. Now, they, they sadly did not have an Apple store, though. I I, I stumbled across some uh, stores that had Apple computers. And I was like, oh, cool. you know. And I went in one of the stores and uh, saw an iMac, and I started typing. And I got really freaked out because I thought either I totally forgot how to type or keyboards were different well as it turns out the keyboards are different they're not qwerty keyboards <laughs>
0: wait a minute are they using like the dvorak layout or no or- no it's something uh,
1: uh my, the friends i travel with i guess it's european standard uh, apparently i didn't know this hell i don't travel heck sorry <laughs> i don't travel a lot um they have different keyboards on the, on the different European countries, as far as I can tell. I, I don't know if it's called European Standard Layout or something, but yeah, I started typing and I thought, oh my gosh, what is going on here? And no, I wait, looked wait. and my fingers are in the right place, but it's not QWERTY. It's not the Vorak, It's something different.
0: The letters were in different spots or just like the return yeah, and shift yeah, key? Yeah. Oh, no, no, the letters, the letters. Really? Why? Why would we? I mean, I know the QWERTY keyboard is stupid. It, right. It, the, the QWERTY keyboard, if, uh, if, if the, the lore that I learned in, in typing class in high school still holds true, the QWERTY keyboard was actually designed to slow the typist down. And the reason was it was designed for manual typewriters where if you type too fast, all the keys would jam up. Now, kids, this is, uh, you know, back where you had uh, a single arm per key. It wasn't even like the ball typewriter. A typewriter uh-huh. was this thing that you fed paper into and you typed on it and it made no letters on the page, right? So you know the old like manual typewriter where there was the big arm, right? You'd hit that button and you had to hit like really hard because it was your strength that took this arm and like brought it out of the back of the typewriter and whacked it against the the ribbon, which then you know made the the letter image on the page. Well, if you hit too many keys at once, it would all jam up at the top. So the QWERTY keyboard was designed. To slow down the typist. And if you look at it, you'll see. I mean, like E, the most common letter we use is not underneath your fingers. Why? To slow you down when you're going to get to it. So that's what the Dvorak keyboard was to solve. Right? It was like, okay, look, we've got these computers now. We don't need to worry about all these arms whacking and clacking against each other. We can go a little faster, folks. And that's what the Dvorak keyboard was. But... So maybe this this European uh, thing keyboard design I don't know the. the no, name and I'm for looking it.
1: right here. I, I okay. see it in front of me. What what I saw A Z E R T Y. On the they, top they, row. They just
0: mix it up a little bit.
1: Yeah. So when I was typing, so uh, a zerty European keyboard, I guess is a, a European. And please, our European friends. And and I got to say the the folks that that wrote to me before I traveled saying you know hey stop by or I can help you out. I didn't have enough time. A week and a half, I, I would have loved to have spent more time. But apparently, yes. So, so you know, let's get past this one. But there is a different, uh, yeah, I'm looking here, A-Z-E-R-T-Y. Seems to be a preferred layout in Europe, maybe because some of the, the, the reasons you suggested, Dave, was, uh, you know, slow you down.
0: Uh, it's, or, it's, I'm reading about it. It's because of the French language that it's specific to uh, France, Um and huh. because of the, the several act, accented characters that uh, that the QWERTY keyboard sort of failed. Oh, okay. On. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So so two quick security related stories here. You no, know, I so love number one, security stories.
1: So um, you know I, I, I took a ton of pictures. I'll put a link to some of my pictures I took. But in, in one case I, I ran into um, our friends. Uh, I think they're known as the uh, the the CRS, which is like the national. French police, kind of like National Guard types, but they're also the riot police. So these are, you know, not to be trifled with. Uh, (laughs) So I was mulling about an art exhibit somewhere. I I didn't know where the heck I was. My friends brought me there. And um, I'm taking pictures, and I I had to take a picture, and I had to go across the street because the, the sculpture was so large. So I ran across the street. Yes, I jaywalked. And as I'm taking a picture, I hear some guy tooting on a whistle. And I look, and it's this guy in a you know official-looking uniform, which turned out to be one of these national police guys. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> I'm away from my friends. I don't speak a lot of French. I just know the basics. And uh, there's a cop coming towards me. So oh, this isn't good. And he comes to me, and he's like, you cannot take pictures here. So I said, you know, I'm sorry. I don't speak French, uh, but he spoke some English. And he's like, you cannot take pictures here. I'm like, you know, but it's very nice artwork. I. I <laughs> i can't take pictures i mean he's like no no you cannot be here taking pictures i'm like so i can go over there and take pictures he's like yes just you cannot be here and i'm like okay cool can i cross the street here and jaywalk and he's like yes go go really <laughs> as i found out i was outside of the u.s embassy now i'm an oh. american so why they'd freak but apparently the week i was there they had a. Uh, I think the uh israeli ambassador was or uh, prime minister was there mccain you know so there were a lot of people at the embassy and even though i was on a sidewalk outside of the facility which had you know gates and stuff i I didn't really i thought nothing of it it was a sidewalk you know it's supposed to be a public space right well not quite and these guys take their job seriously so later on me and a, a you know one of the friends i went with we went up to one of these like you know mission control vans and said, you know, what, what's up? And they're like, Oh, that's American embassy. Ah, okay. Again, yeah. I asked the question, I'm an American.
0: Why can't I be near the American embassy? But, uh, you, you hadn't bothered. Uh, I mean, they, they probably didn't know you were an American at that point. So. Well, yeah, I didn't speak any French and I was taking pictures and stuff. Yeah, turned, that's right. Like, on. Yeah. Well, where could, where else could you possibly have been from? <laughs>
1: So then, yeah. incident number two, and I was with my friends, and and we traveled with their uh, their son, who did great for a one and a half year old. You know, the flights and just you know, all sorts of new stuff and changing his schedule. So we had gone to Euro Disney, which is very cool, um, like U.S. Disney, but you know it's you got this really unique mix of people and and you know different food and different rides and stuff like that so we did that for a couple of times riding on the local rail system it was cool so at one point though we unfortunately lost track of our uh, baby carriage you know we we took turns riding it and stuff you know it's not mine it's theirs and you know we took turns you know driving it around and at one point we wanted to upgrade our tickets and go to the you know so we went to their customer relations and they said, no, you have to go outside and, you know, talk to the ticket people. So we're like, okay, you know, exit the park. We thought we had left the carriage in the, uh, you know, in the, in the guest services, which is also lost and found. As it turns out, you know, because I pointed this out, I'm like, guys, where's the carriage? Oh, no, no, we left it back there. It's okay. Well, unfortunately, as it turns out, we left it by the exit. Now, this was a baby carriage, but also had a backpack that had baby supplies and stuff in it. No, so you, There was you can no just baby imagine- in this
0: carriage, right, John?
1: And no, there was no baby. So there's a okay. baby carriage okay. with, you know, various, you know, things of ours um, and a backpack where the baby should be. And, you know, full of baby supplies. They didn't know that. And it was sitting there near the exit. Now, you, you it probably didn't take a. <laughs> right. <laughs> OK, so we come back. Eventually, we realize, oh, my gosh, we left it at the exit. As we walk up there, there are three Disney dressed people in their, you know, sports jackets and stuff about three kind of security looking guys in the boots and the uniform and security. And then this one guy, Dominic, who was like, like black ops, like, you know, you don't want to mess with this guy. And they're all surrounding the baby carriage, like in a big circle around it. We're like, that's ours. And they're like, no, 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 please step back. We have to finish what we're doing. And they brought, and, and I swear it had a Disney logo on it. The the the, the, the bomb dog.
0: The bomb dog with mouse to ears. Snip the
1: carriage. <laughs> I think he had, you know, a little outfit, uh, you know, th- th- something along his back, like, you know, horse saddle or something. But I, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if there was a mouse on it or not. But anyways, you know they are waiting for bomb dog to say, okay, this is... Not something because they were like, you know, you're very lucky because if if the dog had indicated positive, we had to blow up your baby carriage.
0: <laughs> that that
1: would have been perfect for, for YouTube, you. A know. stroller. Yeah, that's right to blow up the stroller. Yeah. So, the one thing is, I had never seen these people ever at any Disney, but suffice to say, they take this seriously and wow kudos to them for noticing something which i'm sure happens many times a day where you i mean they, they even had you know they have the baby care centers where they have a lost kids center with like you know lots of stuffed animals and stuff like that so i'm sure it happens but kudos to them for saying you know this looks kind of weird yeah wow but we, we were convinced after the embassy incident and what we <laughs> call the carriage incident that we'd be on a list and they'd be like uh could you guys kind of leave the country you're you're causing problems here but uh, fortunately we got we got through immigration and you know we got out of the country and back into the u.s so that's good everything is well but um it was quite (laughs) a lot of fun and the other thing i noticed about france is uh everybody's a lot more laid back um if you know some of the artwork and and all that that we'll stop there we're we're a family show but they don't get worked up about certain things as much as we do over here
0: yeah, we have that's all I'll say very American values here for better and for worse
1: well I don't know if I'd say American God, well you know in and general. all I gotta say is over there if you make the effort folks and I think for any visitor in any country I learned bonjour bonsoir merci pardon whatever you just learn the basic words and stuff and people treat you so nice. I mean, the, the, the you know, everybody's, oh, the just like New York City, people are like, oh, French are rude and stuff like, same thing, people are like New York City, people are rude. As long as you make an effort, guys, I mean, I had no problem and I, my, my French is very limited. I know more Spanish than French, but I was able to get work my way around it. It was a wonderful trip, I love it. I, I recommend anybody, you know, maybe get a friend that speak because the friends I were with spoke a little more French than I did. But even then, I, I found at least in Paris, you know, as long as you make an effort, most people, if you're, especially if you're talking, exchanging money, they'll try to understand you.
0: Cool. Cool. All right. Uh, okay. So a couple of, uh, not really business, but I guess kind of business things to mention. So John and I, we each have these power books that, uh, that we've replaced. I've got a 15-inch 1.67 gigahertz G4 power book. And John, you've got your 1.2 gigahertz. One
1: point, uh I think it's 1.5, but it's a... Okay, Uh, 12 inch inch. I think it may have a home but if that doesn't work out I I will I will let you know but it's a wonderful travel companion
0: okay all right so my yeah my 15 inch is definitely for sale um and uh sold my last one to uh to a listener here and and figured i'd I'd throw it out here two gigs of ram and 80 gig drive it's still got three months of apple care left and as i mentioned earlier it just came back from a tune-up from them so it's an uh it's it's in great shape brand new keyboard brand new trackpad and a brand new super drive i've looked on ebay these things tend to go for about 850 or 900 i'd be very happy to sell it to a listener uh for 750 uh and uh, guarantee it, of course, against DOA, and then beyond that, of course, you've got Apple Care to uh, to to last you for for ninety days. Essentially, I think it I think it ends on June twenty third. So you know the time is of the essence. But let me know if I haven't heard it from anybody by this weekend, or, or haven't really had any interest. I'll throw it up on eBay and and deal with that headache there. So, and uh, <laughs> speaking of things where time is of the essence, I know some of you have have uh, gone to John and I when you have decided to go and buy TiVo, and. Uh, uh, used our referral points and and we certainly appreciate that well that program is coming to an end but it does last another month and uh if you if you come to us and use us uh we've got little tivo stuffed dolls that we can uh, that we can send you and we're, we'll be happy to send you one of those so so that's that that's uh that's what i've got john you got anything else to uh to throw out here before we <sighs>
1: I'm Before still catching we, up. Actually, you know, you and I did pretty good because I think we both... Hit is spring here quite yet? I think te- it's Technically, coming.
0: we got spring on the 20th, so I, yeah, whatever. No. Oh, I missed it. But anyways, yeah, yeah. I got a little...
1: Uh, no, we did okay. I, I have a little sniffle, a little fuzziness, and I don't know if it's the pollen or whatever the heck is going on yeah. in the Northeast. It's always something. It's
0: always something. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, but All it was... Right. Uh, oh, and I saw... It was cool. I saw... Probably for the third time in my life when I was in Paris on Friday, a hailstorm. Oh, we get them all the time here. They had, oh, but the weather over there was a little cooler than here. It was like thirty, high 30s, uh, 40s. But Friday, the day that they predicted, and weather.com, I'd say that they get a, a, a thumbs up. Cool. They're pretty good for French weather. But um, one day we went out, they, they predicted torrential downpour and stuff like that the thing is there were probably two or three incidents of severe weather and one was where i'm, I'm ashamed to say this but yes i had a royal cheese not the Royale with cheese but a royal cheese at a french mcdonald's and it's a french mcdonald's but it, even <laughs> even even the french mcdonald's catered they had sandwiches you will not find in the u.s they had you know breakfast uh, pastries and stuff i mean bakeries over there are just excellent and uh so so they it. but we were in the McDonald's, and actually it was funny because one of the employees actually ran outside, she ran outside and looked up and held out her arms and because i don 't think she had ever seen hail before, and, and again, you know you, you get more up there in you know extreme northeast than, a, than I do dave i 've seen hail maybe three times in my life
0: <laughs> yeah we 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 get it uh, I was just laughing because it was becoming like john 's travel cast, but it was I was really enjoying hearing it all. Uh we, we've gotten it we get it a couple of times a year here, so yeah. It's uh and it, it can, but it was, can it was damage pebble. cars, yeah.
1: So it was Pebble, not golf and, and I've good. heard of grapefruit size where uh, oh, yeah, watch out. Oh, yeah. Hide.
0: All right, uh let's see, uh iPhone Alley is of course the other project, uh, the main project that Michael Johnston does, uh when he is not spending his uh, his time converting this show into AAC for you. CashFly hosting is providing the bandwidth for you to download the show from. And the podcast marketplace includes the A5 and A2 desktop speakers from Audio Engine, BB Edit from Barebones Software, one free download from Audible, and of course that free download this week, PDF print from Smile on My Mac, and harmon etravelcom which now has JetBlue in their system, I found out today, because I went to... Uh, hmm. Yeah, so... And, uh, oh yeah, give us a call. 206-666-GEEK, which is... Four three three five, right? Oh, I want to do that. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, two o six 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 geek, which is John. <laughs> Four three three five. There you go. Audio comments to feedback at macgeekgab or Skype to macgeekgab. Any of those, all of those ways, we love to hear from you. iTunes comments are good, and uh, I think that's it. We're uh, we're ready to roll here. Glad to, uh, glad to be back, and we're, we're back here next week on our great setup. John, you sound great on that new uh, that new Heil mic. So.
1: It's very nice.
0: It's very nice, yeah. Ah, we'll let the band just ride it out. Are you sure? Because, you know, I sent you that link. Oh, yeah, if you're dealing with that uh, CRS there in, in, in France, John, you, one thing you, you want do, to do not
1: want to get caught.
0: That's right. made up back <laughs>